Book of Philippians, chapter 3, look in verses 12 through 16. I love chapter 3. I love these verses. Verse 12, Apostle Paul wrote this, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I apprehended for Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, or that means laid hold of, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What a verse. And we're just going to skim the surface on that one. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, that means uh, mature, but thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Just a few thoughts this evening on winning the race. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for these that have come out. We know there are some that were not able to make it tonight. We just pray that you'll bless them. Those that are watching via Facebook, we ask you to bless them, Lord. Just use us tonight. Help us as we open up the Word of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of my favorite things about Paul is he is a master illustrator. He loves to use illustrations. I was thinking of this, Daryl. I was preaching at a church in Saudi Daisy. I can't remember the name of it, but this old boy come up to me. I was just a young preacher then. And he said, you know what? Illustrations are not of God. I looked at him, kind of scratched my head. I said, have you ever read the Gospels? The pastor kind of looked at me. He kind of put his hand. I said, no, I got this. I said, have you ever read the Gospels? Jesus used illustrations. Have you ever read any of the epistles? Paul was a master illustrator. He left and I'm pretty sure he never came back. But anyway, I mean, if you're dumb, you're dumb. Uh, let, you know, let, let's get it out there. Illustrations are what Paul writes about so much. And he loves to look at the Olympics, which was an important part of the society there. And I'm going to look at winning the race, winning the race. It seems like so many Christians are just trying to get by in the race, just limping on down the shoulder on the rim, if you will. But we are to win the race. We are to run the race. We are to win the race. Let's look and see what we can learn tonight from these verses. In Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says this. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain. Paul gives us some very, very good points here out of this text on the race. First thing I see is the development that helps a runner. Now, if you, I do enjoy the Olympics. I like curling. 
When winter comes around, watch curling. It's mesmerizing. My, my family laughs at me, but that's okay. One day I'm going to start my own curling league here in Chattanooga. But I, I, I obviously don't identify as a, as a runner, so I can identify as a curler, I believe. But Apostle Paul is talking about running and gold medalists. These guys, they train. They are disciplined. They work day and night to get to the point to where they can do these things. All the work was for the purpose of developing themselves. In verse 12, Paul wrote, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which I also apprehended of Christ. Paul is telling us, if we're going to be a gold medal Christian, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. That word perfect in verse 12 and 15 is what he's talking about. Not sinlessness, not flawlessness, but spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. You can go in churches all across this area. And there's people that have been saved a long time, but they're still in diapers. They're still taking the bottle. They haven't got into the meat of the word. Listen to me, church. We're going to get into the meat here. How are you going to grow? If, you, if I drunk milk from day one, you're not going to grow. You got to eat meat. You got to eat steak. You got to eat all those things. And that's called spiritual maturity. Maturity. Now, he wanted to attain maturity. That word attain is found in verses 12 and 16. And I mentioned what it means to lay hold of. To seize, to make one's own. Paul wanted everybody to be spiritual mature. How's that happen, preacher? Reading the Word of God. Yes. Reading, 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 and reading some more. Studying the Word of God. That's development that helps a runner. And he describes here in our text a present level of maturity. In verse 15, he says, Let us therefore. As many be perfect, be thus minded. Verse 16, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained. Now, those who train for the Olympics, they've already reached a certain level of skill to even get to that point. They've already attained that. They've already achieved that. To be selected to be on the Olympic team is something that not just anybody can do. Well, Paul's not speaking to those that are immature in verse 15. He's speaking to those that are mature. Hear me out. In verse 16, he speaks to those that have already attained, that are already mature, your present level of maturity. In many cases, listen to me, Americans, George Barner described the spiritual life of Americans as a mile wide and an inch deep. What's wrong with this country? It's got nothing to do with Washington, D.C. It's got nothing to do with Hollywood. It's got something to do that we got a bunch of Christians that are a mile wide and an inch deep mature. Y'all hearing me tonight? That's what Paul is telling us. He says, and I, in 1 Corinthians 3, 1, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I can tell. I preached a message, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, I don't care if we're streaming or not. I preached a message out of Hebrews, and it was a tough message at our last church. 
it was tough. It was hard. It was kind of mean. I had four people come up to me and said, Preacher, that was pretty on point. Who was that for? It was called drifting. So if I preach a message out of Hebrews on drifting, y'all can come ask me who it's for. And I just threw my hands up. I just walked away. I said, what's wrong? I said, nothing. Just nothing. And one of them was one of the ones that the Lord had told me to aim at. One of who it was for. Don't you like that? You get on both boys. Years ago, I'd get on both boys, just both of them, hard. Normally it's Caleb. Which one was that for, Daddy? Really? spiritual maturity y'all hearing me tonight he describes that he's describing the progressive life of maturity in verse 12 Paul uses some words sometimes we got to decipher he said not as though I'd already attained either were already perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Jesus Christ now when you look at that you say well he's contradicting what he said in verse 12 no he's not What he says in verse 12 doesn't contradict 15 and 16. In 15 and 16, that he is mature and that he is attained. Verse 12 says, he says that he has not obtained. He's not contradicting, he's clarified. One thing about the scripture, if you'll read it, somebody that contradicts. No, it doesn't. It clarifies. Paul will clarify something in a couple chapters that he's already said earlier. That's why you got to read the Word of God. Are y'all with me tonight? Read, study to show thyself approved. So, so important. So he wasn't contradicting. He was, he was clarifying. He states that he's a mature Christian, but that he wants and needs to keep on maturing. He declares this, there's room for growth. There's room for spiritual growth in our life. I am working and I have not finished, but my goal is to finish the online seminary I started several years ago. Why am I doing that? To get all the letters behind my name? No, I could care less about the letters. I want the knowledge. I want to know more. There's early, I think it's verse 10, what he say? Or verse 9, and be found in him in verse 10 that I may know him. I want to know him more. So when I stand behind this pulpit, I can preach you just exactly what the scripture says y'all hearing me tonight but that's for anybody anybody can study anybody can study we must have a progressive uh, maturity spiritual growth is not just for a time in your life it's for your entire life it's for your entire life peter said but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior Jesus Christ. It didn't say when you turn such and such age, you don't have to mature anymore. It doesn't say that. He says, continue to grow in grace. The gold medal Christian is somebody that's always looking to improve. Always looking to improve. Now, Paul said in verse 12, he uses the phrase, I follow after. That speaks of pursuing something or chasing. Running or pressing toward a goal. The purpose of this pursuit is to apprehend, lay hold of, get a hold of. He knew the Lord had a purpose for his life. When you see those Olympic, those Olympians, that man, they're running. 
They're, they're doing everything they can. I've looked at a lot of the Olympics and looked at a lot of the illustrations. And you can look at these guys and they're giving everything they got. Why? So they can stand on the podium as a gold medal for the United States of America. That's their goal. That's what they want to do. Well, in our goal, our goal is to achieve, to, to attain, to get better and better and better, to have a passion to have a pursuit to keep growing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the distractions that hinder a runner. Then verse 13, again, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, hmm, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Have you ever watched a runner Run this way. No. I used to watch a lot of NASCAR. Don't anymore, but I used to. I don't believe they have rearview mirrors on their cars. Y'all hearing me? The past is the past. Learn from it, yes. Absolutely. There's so many mistakes that y'all are really privileged that y'all probably not going to see me make because I learned from those mistakes at our past churches. The past is the past. Learn from the mistakes. The great things, the things that happened, the things that were good, go there and, and think about those things. Every so often I go to, to places where, where God met us. I go to places in my mind where God did something. I go back to way back when I was 19 years old and I knelt down at the altar at Sequoia Baptist and I said, God, if you'll use me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I go back there. In my mind. Those are good. But Paul said the past is the past. Now let's run the race that is set before us. Paul said, I haven't yet become all that I can be, but I'm concentrating on getting there. Here's what D.L. Moody said. It's better to say this one thing I do than to say these 40 things I dabble in. Paul was saying he was not dabbling in 40 things. He was concentrating on one thing, and that was winning the race. Becoming an Olympic champion has cost. The athlete, in some cases, is separated from their families, living in training camps and doing all of these things. Why? So they can obtain that which is before them. The matter of running the race and running it well requires us to take the life of a Christian seriously. There's so many Christians that don't take it serious. They don't. And uh, that song, you were, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. The longer I serve him, it becomes sweeter and sweeter. But if we don't take this seriously... We're going to fail. Y'all hearing me tonight? A runner must be forgetful of that which is behind him. We see past sins. Who in here, don't raise your hand, who in here doesn't have past sins they're not proud of? Oh, I've got them. And I'm not proud of them. But I think of them. And I think of the lessons I learned from them. And when I see myself going that direction, I remind myself, hey... Remember, remember, past sins, past sorrows, things that caused you to be bitter, things that caused you to 
not want to pastor anymore. Been there. Been there. I said after I left the one church down in Rock Spring, I would never pastor again. I said after I left our last church, Lord, I just won't preach. I'll never pastor again. Anyway, past sorrows and the people that put you in those sorrows. There's people in all our life that have caused grief. We've all got them, especially if you're a pastor. Daryl. Especially you've had issues in your life in church and we've all been there. Put those things behind you. Put those things behind you. Past sorrows. I know it's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. But also past successes. There's some, there's some good things that I have been able to do as a pastor that I look back and say, you know what? That worked. That worked. What a success that was. But don't dwell on that. God's got something completely different. Y'all hearing me? Past successes. Winston Churchill said this as he was visiting America. If the present is quarreling with your past, there can be no future. You can be certain that if the past is not dealt with, it will deal with you. If we are to run for the goal, we must forget the past. Listen to me. It's hard, but we have to do it. The runner must be focused on that which is before him. Look in verse 13. What's Paul say? And reaching forth unto those things which are before. When you're running a race, your goal is that finish line. You're running to the finish line. If you're in a, a, a race car, if you're in a drag car, whatever it is you're trying to do, if you're running a race, your goal is the finish line, to finish the course. Reaching forth gives us a picture of a runner headed toward the finish line. Last lap coming down the home stretch. Every muscle in your body. Now, this is not from experience because I didn't run a lot. As an offensive lineman, I didn't have to. If you knocked that guy on the ground, you didn't have to go anywhere. So my goal was to knock him to the ground and wait. When they got done, I'd go up to the line. Are y'all hearing me? But a runner, if you're a runner, you got to go. You got to run. And you're getting towards the finish line and every muscle straining, your heart's pumping. And all of these things are happening. This is how we should run our race. Focused. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says again, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't look behind you. Look before you. Look ahead. It's easy to look behind. It's easy. And it's hard sometimes when you're running and you're running towards the prize and all these distractions get in your way. The past. You know, the devil, he knows our past. He'll throw it out in front of us. It's when you got to say, devil, 
My sins have been buried in the deepest part of the sea. And God put up a no fishing sign. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get away from me. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The development that helps a runner. The distraction that hinders a runner. Number three, the deed that holds a runner. What would make an athlete train, sacrifice, make that commitment? What would make them do that, motivate them? It's what's waiting on them. What's getting ready to happen? They want that gold medal. What is it when you see a a running back and he hits that line as hard as he can and he's got 50 yards of freedom ahead of him. He's running just as fast as he can to cross the goal line with that football. Well, listen, Christian, we need to press toward the mark. We see a mark for which he pressed. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Paul was consumed not only running the race, but finishing the race. He dreamed one day to hit that tape and cross that line. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept my faith. His testimony was that. I used that at my uncle's funeral a few months ago. And he and I talked and he looked at me. He said, Kevin, I'm tired. I'm tired. I remember when my grandpa was dying, probably a week before he died. He said, son, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I said, well, I told both of them. I said, I understand you're tired, but God hadn't called you home yet. Until he calls you home yet, you still got to run. I was talking to my pastor the other day, one day this week, trying to encourage his heart. He's so, he's so uh, just uh, a mess. And I, he said, I ain't no count anymore. I said, would you quit talking like that? Because you matter to Kevin. If it wasn't for David Stancil, I would not be here today. He is the one that pushed me. He's the one that honed me. He's the one that took this old redneck from Saturdays to Tennessee and said, be who you are. Just tone yourself down a little bit. I didn't understand what that meant, but one day it hit me. I realized what he meant. I wouldn't be here without him. I said, you matter to me. You matter to my wife. You matter to my kids. You are our pastor. So get over yourself. Move on with life. It makes me mad when I say that. But anyway, I don't live with him. His wife does. But it, it bothers me to see him that way. But the mark for which Paul pressed is the mark that we're fighting for. We're, we're going to finish the race in 1908. There was an Italian runner, and he entered the stadium for the final 100 yards. He was about to collapse. The Italian runner fell five times. He'd get back up, fall, and get back up. What happened? He said, I wasn't sent here to run. I was sitting here to finish. Oh, what a, what a day that's going to be. Whew. What a day that's going to be when we cross that finish line. And he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Woo. Hallelujah. Hope that excites you as much as it excites me. The medal of which he prized. Paul not only wanted to finish the race, he wanted to win the gold. The prize of the high calling. That speaks of that upward calling. When a contest was over, the winner would be taken to the winner's stand. Where they would say, you've been called up. Paul knew. Paul knew one day he was going to cross that line. 
That's why he told Timothy some of the last words he said was, I fought a good fight. I I finished my course. I've kept the faith. There's waiting for me. Paul was ready. Paul was ready to go. But listen to me. We're not looking at the finish line tomorrow. It may be. But don't look at it that way. You still got a whole day ahead of you today. There's still, what, seven o'clock? There's still five hours till the day's over. Then tomorrow starts a new day. We've got life ahead of us. And we got to keep going until the Lord calls us home. One day he's going to call us home. One day he's going to call us home. And when he does, if you're ready, oh, what a day that'll be. Y'all hearing me? Caleb and I were talking about this the other day, and I'm, I'm done here in just a minute. Caleb and I were talking about this the other day. He had went up to, to see his, his nana, my mother, and she was, she, was, she was about to finish. And he went up, and she went to Chili's. She loved Chili's because he loved Chili's. And Mama doesn't love Chili's, so uh, you figure that out. But my mother loved Chili's. And she went with Caleb and my dad. And they went to Chili's and had lunch. On the way back, she did what she always did. She bought him gas, tore my daddy up. But anyway, about two weeks later, she died. Never left the house, never left the house again. And I told Caleb later on, I said, you realize and understand, she garnered up the strength to go with you to Chili's. And she didn't feel like it. She knew her finish was close. But you know what? She wanted to go out smiling, and she did. Listen to me. Don't, don't limp towards the finish line as some of us are. We're limping towards the finish line, but I'm going to limp my way to Jesus. Amen? But don't let others drag you down. Don't let other people drag you down. We've got a thing we do in our house. We talk about in our house. We just do this. You don't want to be a part of our life. Guess what? You don't have to. You say, that's cruel. Don't let people get in your mind that don't belong there. Y'all hearing me? Give your time. Give your mind. Give your thoughts. Give everything you have to the Lord and to people that care. Y'all hearing me this evening? Don't let the past drag you down. Oh, we could all talk about our past. We could all talk about this and that. But let's strive towards the future. Let's bow our heads for prayer.